0: What's... what's normal? That guy, Stanley, what's-his-name down in the blue house? His wife blew her brains out last month because her daughter didn't make cheerleading. Kenny practically lives by himself, you know? Elliot and Kitty? I can't even tell you what they do. I'm no different than any of you. I, I just don't hide in my house, okay? What does that mean? What? Any of you. Nothing. Nothing. I'm just... I'm just saying... No, you said any of you. Never mind. No, go on. I'm a big girl. Say it. I don't want to do this right now. Say it. What's his name? Who? Your husband, John? Jeff? Jack. Jack. He, uh... He started out in a regional office, right? Yeah. He impressed some people. and moved him up to the big leagues. How many years? Two. Two years. Yeah. Now he's back at the regionals. You're sacrificing your promising career as a photographer for him so? I I figured you out in five minutes he drinks they transfer him out here because he fucked something up you probably thought it was a good idea to come out here might even save your marriage for better or for worse right? right I just want to know one thing. What kind of man lets his wife, his pregnant wife, move alone across the country? And what kind of woman stays with a man like that? What kind of woman? What's so, so it's my fault? You must be really good at your job. You know, just reading people so easily, figuring out what bullshit to sell them. Hey. You need to put up some curtains. Why? So I don't have some drunk staring at me all day? No, so you don't have to look at your future.
1: to another episode of Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike and today we continue our trilogy with the Dan Rush feature. Everything Must Go. Never heard of him. <laughs> I don't even think he has a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Known for on
2: IMDb. So Everything Must Go. Something called Lamb of God. Uh, two things called Lamb of God from 2003 that don't have a picture. So I don't know if they're short films. <laughs> Fourth one, right? Because you get a top four on IMDb. Uh, he was a guest on Charlie Rose. <laughs>
1: That's his fourth. <laughs> oh, four. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you like it when comedians decide to go into the drama roles? Uh, you see it a lot with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams has done it. Adam Sandler now, you know, getting praise for Uncut Gems and Punch Drunk Love. So does it work for you?
2: You know, I, I'd say someone like Sandler. Uh, the jury's out. Cause I mean, I'm trying to think the closest he's had to, uh, a serious character. You know, like Uncut Gems is not a serious film. Uh, the stakes are, I guess the stakes are higher. I was about to say that they were, but fuck if I know. I mean, maybe they're higher than Happy Gilmore. Big Daddy, it's a, a child's life in his hands. And <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, so, I, I think is that, but like, someone like, uh, a Carrie, a Will Ferrell, it certainly has worked. Um, they're already doing, uh, the harder stuff, trying to make you laugh. That's, that's harder to be funny. Like, I, we don't, uh, make the same accusation against dramatic actors when they come, uh, make an appearance in like a Judd Apatow comedy and they fucking stake up the joint. So, I mean, why, why are we getting on to comedians? Jim Carrey got like a lot of, I guess it's like the, uh, Oscar chasing. Like when people think like, oh, you're doing this for awards. Uh, so maybe I'm wrong, because I feel like Kate Winslet probably got some of those slams as well. It's just that she was trying repeatedly to win that Oscar in maybe subpar films. But no, I, uh, I wouldn't say that's an initial strike against it. I, I like when anyone does anything, I guess, outside of the norm. If someone's in a horror movie and they've never been in a horror movie before. I think that's cool too. Certainly,
1: and Will Ferrell's quite good here. It doesn't fully go Will Ferrell in this movie with alcoholism. He doesn't go like full Ben Affleck in The Way Back. Like I feel like in that movie, it went so far and so accurate, it stopped being enjoyable to watch, and it was kind of uh, not frustrating, but boy, it was a very <laughs> real experience. Okay, I'm glad I you guess, put you know, it that way because
2: it's like. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine a web in the audience like, get your shit together already. <laughs> it's been 90 minutes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Time to wrap it up. No, no, no.
1: Yeah, Will, Will Ferrell doesn't... Yeah, they don't go too far in this film, and it goes just far enough to where you, you really feel each bit of pain that this character is going through. Like, you like Nick quite a bit throughout, and that's a lot of Will Ferrell. Like the,
2: the title, I mean, itself, you're going to slowly watch... Uh, everything be chipped away from him. Uh, marriage, most importantly, I mean, the home that he's shared with this woman, uh, loses his job, <laughs> gains a, a award, I guess, that he can possibly teach how to throw a baseball and knows more about his neighbors than he probably <laughs> wanted to. I wouldn't say that the connection he forms with his neighbors is a positive. Uh, I, I, I don't know if there is a net positive to this, but, Uh, the one thing I think would hold people back from watching this, this has to be like probably the least watched, uh, film selection that we've had. And I, it was one that even behind the scenes in the, uh, the tit offices, uh, we've got our feet up, uh, smoking cigars and wondering what next episode will, will shape the culture (laughs) of film analysis. Uh, we kind of talk we had, I mean, a brief back and forth where I'm like, yeah, maybe this one's too slight to include, uh, here. Uh, but I never found anything, uh, that fit our, you know, our unnamed theme, but I think people can probably start to grasp what we're going for this month in the, the middle section, uh, quite as well as this one. Similar, but not exactly what I wanted. Uh, and plus I just really like it. Uh, and I kind of like talking about movies that for whatever reason were just glossed over. And I think it's probably the premise, the premise, the poster, the title. Uh, I think it just looks too silly. It's like, why is he, why is this man on his lawn? Why is all the shit on Why doesn't he just go inside? Why doesn't he just break the window and just go inside? Like it's so such a simple concept, but also like too high concept as well. I think for most people where they just think like, that's probably just silly and should have been a short film. And it's based on an extremely short story
1: of what like, two pages, (laughs) three. Um, Well, that's why you have someone like Will Ferrell who can kind of bridge the gap between that highbrow concept and maybe the silliness. And, I would like to think that he's somebody who can bring in an audience that normally wouldn't be there. He can be the Robert Pattinson for Cosmopolis. Like, oh, maybe maybe this young girl audience that's into Twilight can transition into some Don DeLillo, you know, a ridiculous, hyper-real dialogue. I don't think that worked out because this film didn't even make its budget back. So I don't, I don't know how many people showed up to this, uh, unfortunately, because it's quite good. I, I'm
2: shocked because I, I thought... You know, I present uh, in last week's episode an official Criterion Collection, Ghost World, based on a classic graphic novel. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> one that Webb comes out, <laughs> has his little uh, watch <laughs> saying like, all right, it's about enough of this and enough of their <laughs> teenage girl nonsense. So, I'm, I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised because I thought this would be the one uh, that you might take to task. Uh, you do have Rebecca Hall. Michael Pena's in here. Like, you have some people that, uh, at least for me, go, oh, I love to see them. Uh, you know, maybe they're not above the title stars. Laura Dern is in my favorite scene in this, this movie, which, uh, I kind of hate to say that because I think, I don't know what point Laura Dern became like, uh, code for like, here's a film Twitter snob take, like coming up. Like, <laughs> cause I, I liked her when I was a kid in Jurassic Park, but, she, she's really the, the pinch hitter here. Uh, and probably for me, like the, both the saddest, but also like the warmest sort of embrace of a scene, uh, this, uh, old high school classmate that uh, oftentimes when you see men in film and they've, they've taken a fall in some capacity, uh, there's an attempt to to get back to the basics and to reconnect. And so he, uh, he becomes puzzled by this yearbook uh, as far as the comment that she made to him, like he doesn't understand that at one point in his life, someone viewed him as like a good person, which is like a really, like you are talking about, the uh, the Ben Affleck movie, the way back where it's probably more, uh, about the visual hardships of what this man's going through. Like you actually see like a, a, a car accident, you're seeing that film. He goes into the wrong house, very Robert Downey Jr. Uh, with his struggles, you see him showing up drunk places, getting arguments with family. It's weird to see a movie about addiction where all the family, stuff all those contexts have actually been removed. And it's a man just alone with his thoughts. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I really like it. So the one time he tries to reconnect with someone, she knows exactly like what she's dealing with, with this person. And she handles it in like the kindest possible way of like, you know, you'll get there, but it's not going to be this moment and it's not going to be with me.
1: Alone with his thoughts, surrounded by all of his like material goods, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very, really, really wonderful juxtaposition. And actually, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was hoping you'd say, "Lord darn, I liked her as a kid in Blue Velvet," <laughs> but you didn't. Some <laughs> not that twisted <laughs> web. <laughs> She brings a lot of credibility, I think, okay. to I any role, and and that's why I think that film Twitter snobby uh, take might be there. Those but the fact of the matter is,
2: would probably be our demo to listen to a podcast. With this <laughs> <concept>. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The film benefits quite a bit by having people like Rebecca Hall, Michael Pena, Laura Dern, and the wonderful Steven Roode. You can plug him into anything, and he's going to give you something memorable and wonderful. God, man's into some kinky shit in this one. Oh yeah, wonderful. And and, and that's the <laughs> and he's willing to do whatever it takes for the role, whatever it takes for the story. And I love that about him. He was wonderful as a gay vampire in True Blood. Showed up and really totally really made there. my day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. And so, even when Will Ferrell, I guess when you're a comedian and being funny is second nature, and you're trying to tone it down for a dramatic role, you've got such a wonderful safety net of these these really tremendous actors. Who you're right, maybe they're not going to light up a marquee, but they're going to make sure that the film is on point when it, and, and anytime you need a really profound scene like the one that, you're right, Laura that scene is wonderful. When you need something like that, she's going to make sure that that uh, scene is going to have the emotional impact that you're going for. So, absolutely, really, really, really wonderful it's scene. It's also
2: the, um, the absence of <clears throat> Will Ferrell needing to do something. And, you know, in a comedy, he's either got a comeback or some physical comedy. There's no stillness to him and so when you see him uh in that particular moment just kind of standing at the doorway not knowing what to do and i get the impression that this guy didn't even know what his expectations were as far as what was going to happen next like he doesn't really know why you know, in this case he's without a car he's sort of walking or riding a bike everywhere uh why did he show up this woman's like what did he expect her to give him? And it's like this realization on his face that it's like, there's really nothing she can do for him. Like it's all going to be on him. I, you know, this is one that I've gone back to a few times because it is that sort of, I don't want to say it's slice of life. Cause it's a very particular situation that, uh, you know, I hope for our sake and for our criterions, we never find ourselves in out, <laughs> out in <the> yard <laughs> <laughs> of our precious items, uh, being ruined. Um, but it's one that, and I don't know if it's currently streaming because, like, you know, a good fan of the film, I, I own it. How, how did you watch it as Well, did you also uh, purchase
1: this on iTunes? Oh, immediately. Oh, once you break the, once you go below the four ninety nine threshold, it's almost like an immediate. Like, oh god, yeah, it was three ninety nine, and I was like, absolutely. And it comes with iTunes extras. Ah, easy decision for me, and and I would have proudly paid the four ninety nine had it been that high. I'm absolutely going to be going back to this one. I hate to say it because you love Will Ferrell so much, and it physically hurts you to see him in pain in this film. The scene where he's asking that guy in the parking lot to buy him a beer, or can I have one of the beers that you just bought? Stuff like that really hurts. It hurts because you love Will Ferrell, and then, you know, by the end of it, you love the character so much. And I hate to say it because, but like, I, this is going to be ultimately a kind of comfort viewing for me. I think that's where this film is eventually going <laughs> to end See this man in up. pain. <laughs> I want to see
2: that desperation on Wolferell's face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the redemption. The redemption. Gotcha. And and you know what? And the relationships that he forms during this five or six day, I guess, journey outside. Uh one with the Rebecca Hall character, uh reconnecting with Laura Dern. And really with the kind of I guess the dark horse, the secret MVP, is uh, Christopher Wallace. Kenny, that kid that he forms this really kind of odd relationship with, I found their relationship to be the most engaging uh, because you get just enough information about Kenny and his father who's kind of missing um, his desire to be part of the baseball world and maybe he shouldn't be because of his backstory— and him finding maybe not a father figure, but a replacement, like a friend that functions in that role, and, but not quite as a father. And I love the results. I love how it starts off almost like a business transaction. Hey, will you work for me? Wait here, watch my stuff. And it turns into something much more meaningful. And that's where this film really shines, is in those small moments.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the stuff that uh, I think... If it was cut up in a trailer, which I, I don't think I've ever seen a trailer for this, this was way, really, um, a, a blind buy for me. Uh, you know, I'm talking about, uh, everything must go, uh, from like either a blockbuster or a Hollywood video that was like going out business. And it was one of those things like, you want this for a buck on Blu-ray? And the answer web for both of us is like, I don't care what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Give it here. <laughs> And I'm so thankful for that, because to answer uh, a question I threw out there, currently, if you are a super fan of Tit, uh, it is streaming on Peacock. So you can get it free-ish, because I think Peacock's ads-based, right? Uh, and then, kinda like Hulu, you can pay to remove the ads. So there you go. It's, it's on a streaming service even though I've watched it a few times, every time the kid comes in picture, I'm like, um, does this work? <laughs> like, cause I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to remember, cause you know, there's the, the arc of the relationship is he's the hard ass. And it's like this, this kid's kind of treating him as sort of a curiosity. Cause it's like, well, wow, I got a grown man sleeping on his front lawn. Um, and yeah, then it's like in some ways, I mean, I'm not trying to take this into a really dark area. Cause you really like this, this dynamic between the two, it's kind of a dangerous coping mechanism at first um, because it puts Nick back in some sort of position of power, uh, even if it is just for a yard sale. And also there's a lot of back and forth of uh, really with the character telling this child how valuable his, basically his life is everything he's accumulated in his life uh, has more value. And it's, you know, the, the sad, but maybe healthy point of is You have an outsider kind of giving you the side eye just like really this is you you want to keep this like cuz to the kid none of this stuff means anything and he he doesn't think that should to this grown man so yeah i i like that that part of it i also like at least the way both of them interact it never gets too cute about it like there's still some distance i don't think you have the expectation this kid's going to like You know, and Nick is always going to be in my life forever. Like, I think this is just going to be one of those (laughs) weird things he talks about where it's like, yeah, once this guy and I kind of like helped him sell us stuff. And like, you know, we had some conversations about, you know, mama jokes that you probably shouldn't, (laughs) shouldn't say and talk a little baseball. I I like the scene a lot with uh, Rebecca Hall where he basically fights with a stand in for his wife. And she gets to have the arguments that she probably should have with her, her husband, uh, who yeah. seems to be very much on the the Nick track. And he realizes that. He like he, he gets it immediately. Uh, that's also a strange dynamic, that these two people can all, allow them to be a stand-in. And it, not in any sort of sexual way, where it's like they, they go to each other for comfort. They actually go to each other for the opposite. Let's go to each other for the hard conversations we can't have with our partners. It's really interesting. Yes.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things that you mentioned is will Farrell trying to i guess justify his existence using these material goods because this is a value and that's a value and this is worth a lot they made only so many of these this baseball signed by the entire really famous team but really I like, that. <laughs> like
2: you're just a
1: really famous team <laughs> <laughs> insert here <laughs> yeah well th- because that's what it is to this kid nick you know it's like he-, he doesn't care not that he doesn't care about baseball but he knows nothing about it but he's just told oh right. these are famous signatures. These are famous scribblings on this baseball but really you know nick is trying to i guess in those darkest moments you try to justify your life you ask what you're worth And maybe he tries to see it as an external task, and really it should be an internal one. The really valuable stuff that's there is him, and this knowledge that he has, and how he gets to impart it to these individuals, and especially uh, the Kenny character, because he gets to kind of take that already maybe innate talent he has of interacting with people being that salesman and he really brings that out in this uh child and so i really enjoyed that like all of and that's why the film is so good on a visual level because you see the guy surrounded with all his crap and it means so little what really means so much is him what he has to offer to other people. It absolutely is a slice of life. Like you said, you you were unsure about it, but I think it absolutely is because you don't know after he reads that fortune cookie, uh, that everything is not yet lost. You don't know what's going to happen because alcoholism is, you know, it it absolutely is a disease. I know there's some people who try to pass it off. Like, Oh no, it's not you can stop. That's not how it works. It absolutely is a mental illness. And, you don't know what's gonna happen. He could certainly fall back into his, you know, worst ways. But ending it where it is, it's really wonderful. It's it's a really hopeful and and, and great slice of life I'm glad you had the uh,
2: decency to keep it within the uh the context of the film because me saying eh, it's a slice of life but it's a very particular one not my concern <laughs> You <know> <laughs> another way where it's like mike you don't know <laughs> you don't you may find yourself on your front lawn one day <laughs> and where are you gonna be without this podcast you can't podcast from the lawn <laughs> sound quality be for shit um I, well, I'm, I'm really glad. Like, this is probably the most positive thing. I came in for battle on this one because I thought I have forced Webb to watch this. I forced him <laughs> on a previous <laughs> podcast that you may be able to find on this feed still to do a reading of it. And I was just thinking the whole time <laughs> you had to be, cause you're a nice guy and you're a good friend, just privately being like, what the fuck is with this guy forcing everything must go on me? Like every few years, <laughs> he's like, can we do something? Everything must go. <laughs>
1: And believe me, like I'm gonna get my—I guess not revenge, but hopefully, like, like, what's the opposite of revenge? I don't know. Like what the the pleasant that? surprise, I guess. Okay. I repay a favor. There we perhaps. go. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm really gonna try to watch that uh, Italian horror film, <laughs> and see if we can cram it into one. I of like our the children. title. Jesus. How about
2: that? And it certainly was cheap enough. Would you say it was $2.99?
1: Yeah, it's just, well I mean I can rip you a copy but I I just yeah, I don't want
2: to force you. But if n- you want to n- rent it, this is making me c- suspicious because it's like, um oh, it's only 3 bucks and you're like, well, don't be too hasty with those $3. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I just don't know if, you know, yeah, like I don't know how people are going to react uh, when I make certain recommendations. So this one I like I'll rip it for you because uh then you can have the English dub. I assume the the DVD comes with all the same stuff in the Blu-ray but I'll check. I'm really excited about it cuz I didn't get to, I I had to complain to Arrow Video on Twitter and be like, "Hey, this thing that I bought on iTunes doesn't have the English dub." And they're like, "Give us an email." It was like, "All right."
2: <laughs> we clearly have not
0: learned our lesson about all the, the things we acquire. <laughs>